Welcome to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I am your host, J. Ike Diggs. So excited to have you all here this week for episode two of MJ's season. Matt James, who the, the ladies are lovingly calling MJ. Along with other things uh. that they've affectionately named MJ. <laughs> like hottie boom body. What are some other ones that came out this week? I can't even remember the things that they were saying. Just drooling over him, really. Oh, the Matto. Oh, yes. We've arrived at the Matto. I did write that down, actually. I thought that was very clever. Who said that? Because I thought that was very cute. I don't remember. It was at the very beginning of the episode. Yes. So they, they get to see their hangout, which I'm... So from what I can tell, they're all staying in a room with a roommate somewhere within the grounds of the Nemecolon. Mm-hmm. And then... And I have... The Matteau must be where they go to hang out with Matt or to be together on camera. Yes, I believe so. That's where they chill in their house clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's where they wear their, like, yoga matching top, matching bottom. That's right. Yep. A lot of that this week. There was so many matching sets. I know. Well, I mean, I'd like to get into the wardrobe a little bit when we talk about the first one-on-one, but you know, they, they have to buy all of their own yes, clothes. Yes, like, I do know this that. This is a very expensive endeavor. This is why when people are sent home in the first two weeks, they cry. I think because, number one, they've quit their jobs, and number two, they have bought maybe, I don't know, $5,000 worth of new clothes or maybe more to come onto the show. And then if you're cut and you got, like, hair extensions, manicure, pedicure, lasered things, eyebrows, microphones. Veneers. So many things. It would take then, thousands if- of dollars to get me physically prepared for that show. Same. Probably $5,000. Yeah. And then if you're like Brie and you get a one-on-one where you go mudding, mm-hmm. you destroy all of your brand new white and cream colored clothes. Did you hear her though? She did say, this is my worst outfit. Oh, I missed that. She was like, oh no, I have to go on a date right now. This is my worst outfit. <laughs> I I'm, like, glad I, I'm glad oh, I missed that. You're ranking them. Okay. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about Bree's one on one because she got the first one on one of the of the show of the of yeah. the whole season. Were you happy about that? Well, I think it's kind of a curse actually to get the first one on one of the seems whole to be, season. But also in okay, you're right because in seasons past, um, on Becca's season, oh sorry, when Becca was on on Ari's season, she got the first one on one, and then it ended up being cursed for her because she got broken up with for the runner-up. And then on Rachel Lindsay's season, Peter Krause got the first one-on-one, and then she ended up sending him home because he couldn't commit to a proposal. Wow. I can't remember who got it, the first one-on-one on Colton's season or Hannah's season. But it can be a curse, but it can also be... Yeah, no, you're right. It's a curse. I mean... I guess theoretically, it gives you the most opportunity to form a connection with this person. Yeah. But emotionally and psychologically, you get the very first date, and then you're sitting in the semicolon for the next month. The semicolon. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you're right. You're I not don't... gonna get this. 
Brendan had the first one-on-one -on -one with Taisha, and there were tons of sparks that flew, and then Brendan just stewed on his own misery for however many weeks, and by the time he got to the end, he couldn't even follow through with the with the sex. Exactly. <laughs> you just start, your thoughts start to eat away at you. Like, why hasn't he called me? Why I, haven't I been summoned? I like Bree so much. I was so glad Bree he picked sweet. her. She's, she, when she came out of the limo, I was, I was taken by her right away. I thought, she's like the perfect contestant for this show. Yeah. She's amiable. She's sweet. She's pretty. She's very sweet. Um, well, I just kept on focusing on how young these contestants are. And oh, I don't yeah. know if it's because I'm getting older. And so people are seeming younger and younger to me. But Bree's only 24. And there's a handful of them that are right around 24, 25. I think, um, um, what is the woman with the curly hair? The blonde MJ. curly hair? MJ, right. MJ's 22, I believe. Yeah. MJ's 23. So, but still. 23. 23, so 24 is super young. young. And to be saying the things that Brie was saying, which is, I'm ready to have a family. Exactly. You start to question, okay, is that true? But I don't know. I try to give them some grace around the age because I think in this pressure cooker of a world, they are saying those types of things when they might mean I'm ready for a family in five years. Sure. It could yeah, be. Yeah, I could definitely... I could definitely see that. Um, I was wondering the same thing as she was listing off all of her goals for life and relationships. And I was just thinking about myself at 24. And I definitely, you know, wasn't looking to make those huge commitments at that point. Oh, but I you're was right. Just, I was drunk. <laughs> I was drunk at 24. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Are you pleading the fifth on that one? Just in case any, you know, anyone listening is trying to my, hire you for something. My mother listens to this Okay. <laughs> Mine does too, but she was there for it, so she knows. Anyway, okay, so you're right. They do the first one-on-one. -on -one. I noticed something right off the bat, which is I don't think that Brie was... I'm Okay, I, this episode should be subtitled The Bra Edition because I noticed so much about people's bras this episode, particularly Queen Victoria, but... Brie, I don't think, was wearing a bra on this date. I found it to be a risky and a risky venture, and also I was very excited for her that she took the risk. Yes. I, was, I was thinking to myself, okay, go on. You don't need a bra in that weird sweater tank. <laughs> there were a lot of bra snafus this episode. So many. And she wore her other sweater over the top of her ribbed tank, Mm -hmm. crossing over her chest and I I kind of felt like it was because she was maybe mildly suddenly feeling insecure about the fact that she wasn't wearing a bra. Mm. You know when you're like in your, she went your hotel room and you're like I look good. And then you yes. go outside and you realize, "Oh no, maybe people can see my nipples. Maybe I should cover up." Like, I'm on national TV. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, you know, why she would have um second thoughts about her wardrobe choice, but I thought, you know what? Go out. Go ahead. Don't wear a bra. You do you. She looked good. Um, she looked great. She's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think she really, Brie was herself during that first date. I think we, you know, we got to see a little bit of what makes Brie Brie, yeah. if you will. Okay. What do you yeah. think makes Brie Brie? Well... 
Okay, I'm gonna tell you first what I didn't necessarily appreciate, which this is just the, the tendency with male-female dynamics uh-huh. sometimes, like uh-huh. heteronormative relationships. But Brie was deferring to him completely the entire time. Yep. And that was really frustrating to me. It was a lot of giggling and it was a lot of, you know, him just throwing out one liners and her, you know, making him feel Melting. affirmed and masculine <sighs> and hilarious. It's so true. Especially in Which the hot tub. She was saying nothing. They were saying nothing in that hot tub. They added okay. nothing to the conversation. They were saying so much nothing in the hot tub. And you could tell that a kiss was expected. Yes, and it was taking forever. Scene. And did you notice the awkward silence? Yes. Where it was like, we're not saying anything. And then I think Matt said something and then it was awkward silence. And then they kissed. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that was very forced. I but got okay. secondhand embarrassment from that. Mm-hmm. It seemed but like Brie, she was gobsmacked um, by his body and then she couldn't come back from it. <laughs> I was watching her eyes the entire time and she was just like wide eyed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a lot of ab muscle. Right. Um, What did you think about the wood chopping scene? (laughs) Okay, okay. I gotta be honest. It reminded me of this person I follow on TikTok. And literally all he does is chop wood shirtless. So I could see the appeal because I do follow that person on TikTok and I do find his posts to be interesting for me. It's good content. <laughs> interesting. Great choice it's of It's private words. content for me. Um, <laughs> so I felt like it was stupid and unnecessary and a total ploy by the producers. But for what I'm noticing in this from Matt is that he is so pliable. The producers can get him to do literally anything. And I think that will be his downfall as we go later in the season. Like the preview that we saw of him kind of having a meltdown. I kind of wonder if it's related to him doing something that he kind of, that he regrets that the producers pushed him to do. But he is so malleable that he was like, okay, sure, yeah, I'll chop wood in front of her. That's no problem. Even though there was plenty of wood prepared for this hot tub that they set up in the middle of nowhere. Tell me about it. I think that he, I could name off about five things that I noticed during this episode that just seemed very unnatural. <laughs> um... But I think that he's allowing them to make so many decisions for him because of all the insecurity that he's experiencing. Yeah, I agree. You can, he doesn't feel very sure of himself even yet. Um, I wonder if he'll get there by the end of the season. But I think he is such a pleaser mm-hmm. that it's, it's really not allowing him to be himself. He's also never been produced because he was not on the show right. before. And right. being produced, I think you don't even know necessarily that you're being produced or this relationship with your producer is suddenly new and different. And you're not... Right. When when you see someone like, for example, Hannah B., when she was on Colton's season, mm-hmm. you saw some of her, but you also saw her doing some things that I think she was pushed to, to do as a contestant. That when she became the lead, all of a sudden we saw new sides of her because, number one, they produced the leads differently because they don't, they don't want the leads to look bad. They want them to look good. But also because she'd been comfortable being produced. And she had a relationship with her producer. So when she became the lead, it was not as overwhelming to have that. Whereas Matt doesn't have any experience in this world whatsoever. No. 
zero and you can tell that he's not comfortable saying no to anything yet mm -hmm. right exactly well that you know all maybe, that aside and maybe he I just enjoys chopping wood taking his shirt off yes. and chopping wood i think he does i mean the, the opening shot of him taking a shower should have been enough to tell you that he will do whatever they ask him to do honestly so much shower taking it's like colton season it was very again. apparent um, so they kiss a bunch in the hot tub. They seem connected. Then we get to see them on the night date. We didn't talk about the ATV flip. I was like, did <laughs> um, that really just happen? Did he really throw her? I was I was very worried at that point. I said, they could have broken a bone. I've been thrown from an ATV, and I'll tell you, it was not fun. It's it very was... scary. I've been thrown off a snowmobile before. Yes, not fun. It was very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was funny because at first he seemed so adept and then at not at all <laughs> managing the ATV. And then he had to make a point to ask her, do you trust me? <laughs> Two like, or three times. Sure. And then he promptly throws her <laughs> from the four wheeler. I thought it was kind of cute when he apologized to her mom. That, that was, was kind of cute. cute. I was like, all right, Matt, I like you. You're cute. Fine. I mean, if that were my child, I'd want an apology, too. Like, you just threw my child into the mud, and she's dressed up to the to the nines. Her <laughs> hair is perfectly done, and you've ruined it. But you know what? They love getting their outfits messy. What is it about this show that makes people want to flirt by throwing messy, dirty substances <laughs> at one another? No. I think they're honestly taking advantage of what... Of a sort of a, a natural thing that people like to do, where they sort of do that playground, punch him on the shoulder type of love. I don't know. Have you done that on a date? No. No. Rubbed your partner's face in mud? No. No, that's a good point. I haven't. But like on wedding days, why do people always shove cake in each other's faces? I don't know. I mean, what is that doing? I will not participate no. in that tradition. No. I didn't even cut my cake because I didn't understand what the frick the purpose was. <laughs> so why does anybody want to watch me cut cake? So dumb. I don't know. Okay, then we get to the night date. We, f we find out right away some of Bree's story, which is that her mom had her when she was only 13. That's right. That says a lot. With I, guess, I do think that says a lot about Bree. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, it definitely shows why she feels such a strong connection to her mother. Um, and also, you know, I feel like when mothers have daughters really young, that creates like a very unique type of relationship, yep. you know, mm -hmm. when your mother's relatively close in age to you. Um, so when she spoke about, when Bree spoke about, you know, how much she wants to have a family and what type of family that she wants, I think that it made a lot of sense considering her upbringing. Yeah, it did. And I noticed people, you know who've had parents that were younger, they tend to grow up a little bit faster and they mature a little bit faster. And right. you're right, they have a different relationship with their parent because their parent also was their best friend. Like they were their yep. parent's best friend because they yep. probably weren't, you know, couldn't finish high school in the traditional sense. Maybe had to do a GED or right. do something alternative. So they end up being very, very close to their kid, which is cool to see. But then it was extra heartbreaking when she was talking about her mom getting this new family because you know if yeah. that's the case that her mom was 13 then then right now she's only 37 or 38 years old so she has a new baby right. 
and a new family. And that would be really heartbreaking because what is Bree's place in that family? Yeah, that's what she was discussing. Like, she doesn't feel like she has a place in that family. Um, I think it's a little bit strange. I know it's the nature of this show, but to air out all the family drama in yes, that way. Yes, and they coach her to do that. They coach her to do that, right? Because they say before she goes on the date, well, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to make sure he knows? You need to make sure you make an impact because this is the usual first date. You got to cram in the first five dates all in That's one right. day. That's right. Um, Which means unloading your traumatic baggage. That's right. And we'll talk more about oh my God. our so, feelings around that when we get to Sarah's Sa day. Oh, poor Sarah. Poor Sarah. But Matt is so hell-bent on people demonstrating vulnerability. Even though he said he has tr trouble with it. He just like, can't relate to other people having trouble with it. <laughs> but I, I, I feel at this point he's asking for too much. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. asking for... Um, you know, people to share intimate stories about their backgrounds and their upbringings. And I get this is at an accelerated pace. This is like speed dating it's on the crack and steroids. Of the show too. But my goodness, like I want him to chill with the I need you to be vulnerable. Yes. Find something else to say, first of all. Honestly. I you know, and I, I was thinking about this a lot last night because I noticed that too so much more distinctly than I did in Tasha's season. And I, I think the difference is that Matt has 32 women. Tasha had 16 men. Mm -hmm. So she had 16 men. She could easily narrow down who her top four or five were, and then she could dig in with them as she got to know them. But Matt has an overwhelming number of women, and we know five other women come in, and we know that Heather comes in. So now we Why have six other women who are going to come in. He has 38 women he's supposed to get to know and figure out in these next 13 weeks? Like, how is he supposed to do that? Why unless... do I feel like they purposely sabotage all the black people on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Well, they certainly purposely sabotage literally everybody. But I also think they, yeah, they really specifically seem to be throwing a wrench into wanting to throw a wrench in. But it might also be because there's no other things. There's no events coming up. They're not going to be traveling. They're not going to be doing right. hometowns again. Right. You know, so they have to find ways to utilize these women they forced to quarantine. I mean, I'd like to do some of the math behind how much Matt's, his future success with his future partner, how much that percentage lowers with each the woman, woman they added. add to the mix. I agree, because... It can't be easy to try to decipher who is worth in continuing on with, especially because a lot of people are a slow burn. And right. a lot of really good quality people that you could find serious love with are people that you maybe don't fall in love with until the third exactly. date. Exactly. Well, the slow burns won't make it in no. this environment. Nope. Nope. They will not. The slow burns will be gone by episode four. But it's hard because then if you're if you're going based on this initial rush, we all know that doesn't last. Exactly. The person that you and feel so drawn to on that first day that you meet them is probably not somebody you're going to end up with for a long time. That can almost, you know, that person also, um, people feign 
those feelings yes. of excitement and, you know, part of it's natural, right? As human beings, when we meet somebody that we're interested in, we look for commonalities. Uh-huh. And we want to reflect back to the person that we're interested in, romantic or platonic relationship. We want to reflect back to them the things that we also, the, the values that we also um, possess, the things that they, we want to show them that we have things in common. Yes, we want to, and, so and we, think, we might even alter who we are a little bit to match that. Exactly. And that's natural, right? Mm -hmm. We do that as human beings. But I think a lot of the people on these shows have a, a they have a, an adeptness at doing that. That's that's toxic almost. Yes. It's like I am going to tell you that everything you say is also how I feel. Here's one place I think that's going to show up a lot and already is religion. Mm -hmm. He's being pretty upfront about how Christian he is and about how important his relationship with Jesus and God and all that is in, in, right. in his life. And the women are just saying, yeah, me too. And you just, you know, it's it's not real enough. It's not honest enough. It has no depth to it. So you get to the end and you no. find out, okay, maybe this woman has a spiritual connect connection, but she doesn't actually go to church. Her family doesn't believe. Like, that's not a real answer. Just it's to get happen. you to the next step. You it's know? gonna happen. We saw it playing out immediately during the prayer. Yes. During episode Everybody one. Everybody putting their head down and some people crying. <laughs> Everybody was on the same page as far as religion when I went, wow, what a coincidence. Right. What a strange thing. No one in this room is Jewish. Hmm. Like, what the heck's going on here? No agnostics in the room? Nobody? Atheists? Anybody? Muslim wow. even? No. Incredible. Um, so, okay, let's finish up with, with Brie. I did think yeah. it was that Matt, in more so on this date than on Sarah's date, showed an ability to also be vulnerable when he was talking about his own relationship with his dad. And I appreciated sure. that he didn't just leave her hanging because she put herself out there. And you're right, she put her mom's laundry right on the line and let That's everybody right. see it. So he actually, I felt like, was pretty genuine in that? Yes. And it felt like a, a real connection that they they have. Yeah, he he showed interest in Brie in that way because throughout the episode you can see that there are women that are vulnerable with him. Mm -hmm. I'm putting air quotes around vulnerable. Um, but he doesn't give them that level of vulnerability back. And I don't even think they notice it. No, they he, don't. Mm -mm. He affirms them. And he thanks them for sharing what they share, and then he quickly moves on. Yes, same with the women who, uh, like, flirt with him and even kiss him when he is clearly mm -hmm. not interested. He's not giving it back, and they're just not noticing in the slightest. Right. Yeah, so I definitely think he was showing interest in Brie in that way um, by sharing that bit about his background. But we know, you know... I. I don't want him to become so attached to this narrative of the broken home right. that he sounds like a broken record. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's beginning to sound like. His vulnerability is him saying, I, I'm a child of divorce. Right. Because there has to be more to it than that. I mean, that is a piece you know? of your life, but it is certainly not at this age at 28 years old. 
is not the only thing that defines him. Mm -mm. He doesn't live with his mom anymore. He doesn't live at home. He's he's created a whole new life for himself. Exactly. Beyond his family. So what is that? Give me more of that. Exactly. And I wish it weren't he weren't surrounding himself with this deficit narrative about his upbringing and who he is. Yes. Especially as uh the first black bachelor um this all of the um, narrative that surrounds him right now is about how he grew up in a single parent household because he does because uh, his black dad wasn't there a, exactly yes. yep. and it's the black parent that ain't anything right. <laughs> you know right um, and that's really important to notice and it's just really important to hone in on the way they are setting up who Matt. James, who he who he is, and also who, who he's going to end up with. Yeah, I'm like, is this creative editing in the in the back room because he ends up with a white woman, and so they're trying to explain it? Like, you don't need to do all that. You don't need to do no, all. No, I, that. I think it's part of it. He, he will end up with a white woman. I am firmly a white woman. I am firmly sticking based on who to he that likes. Belief. I I know you put your dog on it. But even just based on these two episodes, based on who he likes, I do agree yes. with you. I do agree with you. Wow, I think he's, you came around quickly. I know. I think he has a connection with Bree. I think he has a connection with Lauren. But I don't see it as, like, supernatural. He's not sitting Thank you. with them. He Thank likes, you. He likes Bree. He thinks Bree is cool. They have a lot to relate on. He wants to make out with her. But does, is he smitten for her? Is he head over heels for her? Mm, no. Mm, mm, mm. He sees you Bree can see him as someone he should marry. Right. And you can see him trying to force himself to give the people what they want. Yeah. Oh, God. But I'm serious, I though. I know. I know. You know, by giving the, these women of color and these black women time. Not to say that there's no connection with with any woman on the show that's not white but you can see himself really trying to um please everybody yep. and you know what they say when you try to please everybody you don't please anybody wait that's right. is that it <laughs> that's close enough all right and on that um aphorism that we got completely correct we're gonna take a little break and when we come back we'll talk about the group date And we're back. Time to talk about the 18-person group date, which is so insulting to call a date. It was a show that they put on for him. <laughs> this was hilarious to me. First of all, the fact First that it was just all, pouring rain and it was never acknowledged. That he was just standing there. All the women had umbrellas and he and Franco are standing there without any umbrellas, just not acknowledging that it's pouring rain. Can we talk quickly about, besides the pouring rain and the fact that all the women were freezing, how Franco looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger's skinny twin? <laughs> I think he does. And he, he got some plastic surgery that has not helped with that look. Hmm. It's only made it like, more obvious. But you know what? Franco like got lots of adventures during COVID. He got to go to La Quinta and he got to go to Nemecolon. Hey, man. Franco, he's living his best life. I'm not mad at him. I don't even remember him being on the show before, and now they're acting like he's this most common character. I cannot remember. Like he's Neil Lane? I do, yeah, I'm like, is Franco the, Neil, the new Neil Lane where we're always going to have a Franco photo shoot? I think we might. I, I think that's what they're moving toward. Yeah. 
unfortunately. Um, they're all wearing a wedding dress. Don't get me started. Here's my first thought. If I walk oh. into that room, there's no chance that there's a large selection of dresses in there that are going to fit me. It just tells you so much about the women on the show that they were all just able to just pull a dress off the rack and put it on. <laughs> Tell me about it. First of all, this was very pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so I bad. just watched this group of women line up in these wedding dresses waiting for 30 seconds to take a picture with this man in the freezing cold. Yep. And I felt, I didn't feel bad for them. I felt frustrated with them for putting themselves through this. Yeah, it was so um, sad. It just looked very pathetic, but it was also extremely entertaining. And um, one part I really liked during the dress scene when they were picking out their dresses was how Mari, I don't know if you remember yeah. this, but Mari was like, well, you know, there are 18 women on this, on this date, but I'm going to get his attention. <laughs> And then, do you remember what she said? She was like, hey, Matt, I have these three dresses. Which one do you like the most? And he was like, uh, I think they're all great. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. <sighs> nice attention grabber, Mari. That one crashed, but she really tried Nailed to it. stand out. Yeah, she really yeah. got him. Um, you know who did stand out to me, and we will talk more about her later because we're saving an entire Ooh. segment just for her. But oh, this was I the know. beginning of Victoria's horrific bra situation where she wore like a black lacy bra with full cup in, underneath this wedding dress, and you could see the back of it the whole time. I was so enraged because there are so many options. I know. To work around that, <laughs> like there are better bras, you could go braless, you could ask a producer. I don't know. It just was everything was. I was. It defines her personality that her bra is constantly showing. It says so much about who she is. They're really <laughs> trying to set her up as the villain. I don't think they need to do any I mean, of the work. She's doing it all for the them. It's like she read a book about the it. Show, yeah, I mean, I feel as if they are just making her into this character that we just hate for so many reasons. And her poor bra choices are is one of those principal reasons yeah. that we hate her this episode. I gotta because say, it's not I'm, just once. I looked at her on Instagram, though. I like looked through all of her photos. I don't think she's cool in real life either. Really? Like, there are other po previous villains who've been edited to be villains on the show that turn out to be pretty cool. You know, Demi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like Demi was cool. Corinne sorta was cooler than we thought, but then also she was part of that weird sexual assault harassment scandal. Um, like uh, Olivia, she was cooler than we thought, but I don't think that Victoria is any different than what she's displaying on this show. And I also think she's a Trump supporter. <laughs> Did you get that from her Instagram page? Yeah, because there's a picture on, on her Instagram of her. Um, and in the background, you can see this Trump, Trump flag is draped over a chair. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, we'll never know from the show because you know they'll never discuss they'll, politics. They'll never discuss politics. But I think that she is the worst piece of trash and we just know it now. Go ahead and look through her social media and tell me if you get any different yeah. vibe. 
I'll come back to it. Um, she did post about right. how she's actually so sweet and everyone thinks she's so sweet. And, but then what, what made me think that was so funny is on the show she says the same thing and it's so clear that that's not what people think about her. That I was like, oh, you're delusional on the show and off the show. So you're just delusional. Regularly delusional all the time. Got it. Okay, that would... It might help me then to look at her social media a little bit because I am 100% convinced. You know what I said about Victoria last week? Yeah. She's a plant. (laughs) Victoria is a paid actress. (laughs) She's not a good actress, though. She's not a good actress. No, and that's one of my notes. It says right here, (laughs) Victoria is a terrible actress because she's trying to play this ego-inflated diva want to be queen and she's not even good at it no she's not i i mean i certainly think she's acting i'll say that i think that she is acting do i think they hired her for that role no do i think that that's what she wanted to be yes and she has worked (laughs) she has done every she's like looked at the check marks on the list of things that you should do to be the villain and she's done all of it she kissed the lead in front of everybody that's right. She um, has made fun of every girl and t- told them all they were bullying her. She That's keeps right. showing her bra for some reason. Like, is that a power move? I don't get it. The bra thing I don't get. But then also she talked about another woman to Matt. Those are all like check, 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 yeah. check, check. Yeah. The bra thing is just another way to make us hate her. Yes. <laughs> and it's working. <laughs> um. But yeah, we're, when we get to Victoria at the end of the episode, I have. Okay, I know, because I said we were going to skip by her now and we didn't. So It's so hard um, not to. Then the women play Capture the Flag in their dresses, Capture the Heart. There's apparently oh no rules goodness. about how many times you can get tagged or the jail. I was confused <laughs> by the situation. Like, where was the line and did she have to cross the line or go all the way to the gazebo? I don't know. Um, why did Franco stay? Why? That was my biggest question is, why is this guy still here? Can we just talk about the fact that before they even played Capture the Heart, like half the women didn't even get to take a picture with him? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we just didn't see them. And then, um, yes, Capture the Heart. Um, I'm not sure why Franco hung around. Um, probably because it's extremely entertaining. Yeah, and because he had to quarantine a second time just to do it. So they're giving him a little bit extra work. Um, There always has to be some type of humiliating scuffle. It was so humiliating. Like their mud wrestling or their jello wrestling or their painting. It always has to be the the losing team just doesn't get to hang out for the rest of the date. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) Then they're just banished to the mansion. Mm -hmm. Except for With unlimited amounts of alcohol for the rest of the night. And I know, I know Franco awarded Mari the most valuable bride, but you MVP. know Matt James has such a stiffy for her. Oh my goodness. And he loves her. He loves her so much. He was probably like, Psst, Franco, make sure you let her come. I like her. She looks like a Kardashian. I mean, she has a great butt, right? He just wants. I don't a know taste. why Mar- Mari got MVB when she wasn't the one who scored the winning point. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it it should have been the woman who scored the winning point. Right, but I guess that's escaping me right now. I guess that uh, was who was it? MJ? I guess that woman already was going to be on the date. Yeah, MJ. She she won. I guess. 
And also, I just noticed how Capture the Heart was just an incredible waste of money. Oh, yeah. They started to cut up all those dresses. They had all these fancy designer purses that they just dipped in paint. But those dresses threw were at one another. not fancy. They weren't, but they were dresses that they were dresses, yeah. somebody could have benefited from yeah, that's not true. being cut up. That's true. Someone could have taken that for free for their wedding. Exactly. Um, then we had the evening date with half of the women. I noticed on the evening date and then through the rest of this episode, I think we're going to see, uh, like on previous seasons, we had the salmon jacket. All the guys wore the same salmon jacket. Mm. And on last season, on Tasha's season, nobody wore socks. On this season, everyone has a leather jacket. Oh, yes. Every single woman has a leather jacket. That's the fashion statement. Brie, Brie had one in the beginning. Sarah had one on her date. Um, two women, Serena, I think, and Jasenia, were both wearing leather jackets on this date. One of them was, like, bedazzled and one of them wasn't. So I think every single woman brought their leather jacket. Hey, man, the leather jackets are back. They are good. They're good. I, I don't know. And they're H-O-T hot. That's true. <laughs> Um, and this is where we saw the religion thing come up again. So yes. many times he brought up, or actually she brought up the fact that, no, he brought it up. No, she brought it up. She brought up the fact that she is super religious and that she wants to be in a relationship where God is at the center of their relationship. Yes. And he was like, we're, yes, me too, me too, which made me think. We're talking about Lauren, correct? Yeah. It just made me think he should immediately eliminate, like, 28 of the other women. Because there's no way that he's going to find some the rest of them like that. Or is he being amenable to her? Is that how he really feels? That God should be at the center is, of his marriage? I think he's just a very... He's very codependent in his interactions with people. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell how deeply religious he is, but clearly she is. But Lauren is very cool. Like, I liked her. Of all the things that I have to say about the women on this show, I like Lauren. She is smart. She She's confident. She has her head on straight. And she's not messing around with all the other nonsense. She's an attorney. Yeah, she's an attorney. Like, she does not belong here. No. And she seemed like so much fun when they showed us the preview of her last episode. She's like dancing in her hotel room. She just seems like... I could, anyone could just vibe with her and hang out. It'd be easy. Yes. And she'd be fun to be with. The Bachelor doesn't deserve Lauren. <laughs> the show yes. doesn't deserve her. No. And Matt James does not deserve her. And I noticed that when he said, you know, before he gave her the rose, they had just had their conversation. And he said, you're beautiful. You're smart. And she just nodded. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You're right. And it wasn't like all the other women just like melt when he gives them any sort of compliment. She was like, you are right, sir. Yes, I am beautiful and smart. And you're lucky I'm here. I am here. smart. I, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I really appreciated her for that. Yeah, I'm glad that she has that level of confidence and frankly, swagger. Because this, it takes a lot. I feel like if someone told me I was beautiful and smart, I would be like, thanks. Instead of just saying, no, I know. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Actually, it depends who it is. If it was a man, I would just be like, shut up, don't talk to me. Can't you tell my, I have my headphones in? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I would not respond as coolly as she did in that moment. Yeah, no. Um, we also saw him talk to, I think, Jasenia. 
I mm. I wrote down Jasenia or Serena, but I think it was Jasenia. But Jasenia had sometimes has straight hair and sometimes has curly hair. And this early on in the season, that throws me for a loop. So yeah. I need her to stick with just one for now until I get to know her a little bit better so I can remember who she is. I mean, there are so many people. Right. So, like, she came into the date with curly hair, and that just threw me off because I think in the previous yeah. episode she had straight hair. So she talked about feeling like she's not worthy because of being cheated on. And this yeah. just brought out the most patriarchal p part of Matt that I really don't like. I am with you 100%. I am glad that you are addressing this right now. I really don't like phrases like my manly duties, my husbandly yep. responsibilities. Like, yep. I, my job as a man is to take care of my wife and my children right. and provide for them. That is a old school phrase that doesn't have the same meaning anymore and mm -mm. has way different implications now. I don't think, I don't even know if he realizes what he means, what he's saying, what the implication is of what he's saying. That no. he's the one responsible and it's her job just to like chill and do nothing. It's a he partnership. He doesn't realize it. Yeah, exactly. It's a partnership. Um, I think the exact words that he said were protect and provide. Yep. That was, you know, what he sees his role as a man, as the man in the relationship. And I, I don't think the dude is super critical about how he comes off. No. Um, but, hey, she was feeling it. She like, was. She liked it. She didn't push back at all. So nope, they can't. Must be what she's looking for as well. Yeah, I guess. And she, yeah, she she dug it, and the, and maybe it's because Matt didn't feel like he got to see what he, what uh, you know, what his dad could have, what role his dad could have played. So he's coming up with what role he thinks he should have played, which was protect and provide. Even though we know in a healthy relationship. You can't have those kind of roles where one person is protected and provided for and the other person Listen, is the protector and the provider. It's a humongous red flag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that is going to set his future partner up for plenty of shrinking. Yes, tons of shrinking. I also think it's really bad for his personal mental health. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, mm -hmm. you're you, so what he gets into a marriage and he's in a job that he hates and he wants to leave the job, but he feels like he can't even tell her that because he right. doesn't think he has the flexibility in his relationship to be the one who's not providing all the money. I mean, come on, he dude. He can't step out of his role as a man. Let's be a modern man, a modern no. male feminist. Right. No. I mean, what? when have we seen that on any of these shows? Mm. Tell me. Name one dude. I think Nick Vial as a lead was more. Are you? Oh, you had a harsh reaction to that. <laughs> this, I felt this, like this, I was just electrocuted. There's other things about him that I I would not feel like he would be ever somebody I'd want to date because I think he's too critical of other people. Uh, generally, like every time you hear him talk on his podcast, he's just like, eh, he just can't ever agree with anybody. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like that person who's always contentious, but. Uh, I did feel like he was a little more give and take in his relationships. Mm, okay. I'm just I mean, the bar is very low. It is. It's very low. It's very, very low. <laughs> but. Uh, okay. So then we also I, had Victoria on this date. And this was a true, a moment of 
Wow, Victoria is so clueless and she has no self-awareness whatsoever. She says, she says like approximately one million times in her conversation with him as she plays with her hair, which explains why it's so greasy <laughs> and lanky and <laughs> disgusting. Go in, go in. She, okay, she, oh, she talks about, so, so earlier in the show, Brie is talking about how she, her, her mom had her when she was 13, how her dad was not there, how she's feeling disconnected from her family. Then we see um, Jasenia talking about infidelity in her previous relationships. Lauren is talking about wanting to bring God in. Sarah's talking about her father with ALS. And then Victoria's like, sometimes I feel fat when I put dresses on. <laughs> that is where she's at. She left that conversation saying that she really like dropped her guard and really let him in. <laughs> That's as deep she as she goes. That's how she shallow really that pool is. She really had to dig is. for that one too. That is, she has, she is so shallow that that is as deep as it goes. That sometimes she feels fat when she puts a dress on. And then he was like, no. oh, well you aren't fat. And she was like, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's What's it. That? You're right. Insecurity That fixed. was one of those moments where she gave him a taste of her vulnerability and he gave her zero back. Yes, zero back. Like, I mean, because she was this woman out of my sight. She was not being vulnerable. And then when they stood up, he tried to walk her away. He was like, "Oh, can I walk you downstairs?" I know. And then she basically smashed her face into <laughs> his. He kept his eyes wide open the entire kiss. Did you notice that? He's kind of an open-eye kisser. Honestly, I often look away during the kissing. <laughs> the kissing Gro like most people on the show when they kiss gross me out well his his is really like a couple eyes are that open the whole time are nice to watch <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that one was really awkward very forced and you could tell he definitely didn't want to kiss her so i'm not sure why he said yes to her request yeah i don't know i don't know i i wish he would have just said no thank you but i think at that point you just have to send her home then right that's probably right why. <laughs> Because if you said no thank you, then it's like, wait, why am I still here? Maybe I should leave. And you um, know why he can't send her home. Yeah, because she's the producer's favorite person. She's the only one so far really giving us the, the good TV. But that's because we just haven't given Kit a chance. She will be the villain if we let her flourish. Get rid of Victoria. Make way for Kit. There's probably going to be some fireworks between those two. Yes, I think so. Pretty soon. I think so. For now, she's just picking on Marilyn, who seems like... How can you pick on Marilyn? Listen to me. Listen to me right now. I'm listening. She's racist. Okay. <laughs> no. It's just like, I feel like this season they were lacking for drama. The editors and or the producers. So they called her up. <laughs> Listen, no, I'm serious about this now. Okay. okay, no okay, okay. <laughs> You're racist at all. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, first of all, Victoria is doing her best to try to bait these other women. Yep. She's trying to bait them. And then she picks probably one of the top five sweetest women on the cast, Marilyn. And we, so that we as the viewer can just be enraged from within 
that somebody would go after Marilyn, but yes. that is Victoria's only role on the show. It is true. No, you're right. Okay, fine. Let's imagine she's a plant. Then she did it for drama. But let's imagine she's not a plant. I think she's okay. just racist. Yeah, there's that, but you think she would go after somebody else in that case. Yeah. Maybe no, Marilyn right, was but the I don't closest know. person because she was her roommate. Ugh, it was just so nasty to watch that happen. It was very cringy. Let's just finish talking about Victoria. Let's finish talking about Victoria now. We can talk okay, about let's Sarah do it now. at the let's end. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So this whole thing with Marilyn pissed me off so bad. And yeah. you, and you know who I'm really mad at? I'm really mad at Matt. Okay. Bro, stay Tell me. away. You know Victoria yeah. is like poison because you don't even want right. to touch her. Right? right. She <laughs> makes you feel revolted and sick. Yes. When you're around her, she doesn't, like, you don't like her. So you're vibing with all these other women, including Marilyn, who you got a, an orchid for, or the producers got you an orchid to give to her. And then Victoria comes in and she tells him the most non-story about Marilyn. She didn't even have a single detail, a single credible detail. She was like, oh, Marilyn, she's just toxic. She's toxic in the house because, and this is the, the thing that pissed me off that she said that Matt didn't stop her on. She's like, well, you don't know what it's like because you never did it. And you don't know how toxic some people can be. He should have said, listen, honey. You don't get to use that against me and pretend that you have some experience I've never understood. Like, I don't understand right. what it's like to live with people. He was right. a college football player. He gets what it's like to be in close contact with the same group of dudes all the time. I mean, he's a human being on this planet. I think he understands. He has a general notion of what toxicity right. is and, she and how even, it plays out in relationships. She didn't even explain it in any sort of detail. She was just like, she's just toxic and she's mean. And I had to sleep on the couch and it was awful. He was like, why'd you have to sleep on the couch? And she was like, I just had to. It's like <laughs> so obvious that so she's baiting him. And he takes the bait and runs with it. He really did. He took the bait, and then he was kind of a jerk to Marilyn. Yes, 100%. When she was asking for some sort of affirmation that things were okay, um, you know, so he and pulls Marilyn, after the interaction with Victoria, he pulls Marilyn aside. She asks at least three times, um, are things okay? Right. You know, it seems like something's off. And he doesn't give her any reassurance, sits her down, tells her what Victoria said, and she very calmly says, this is ridiculous. Um, you know, we have had a little conflict, but it's definitely been blown out of proportion. Right. And I just want you to know that this is not true. Like, she's defaming my character. And at the end of the conversation, she asks again, are things okay? And he says, well, I just don't know. Uh, it's insane. It's insane. He was so How rude are you to her. Do her like that. She really did not deserve that at Why all. Why would you even try to intervene in that situation? I would. T I would go up to my producer and be like, "You guys better figure that out because I don't want to be involved in that." Victoria is a hot, flipping mess, and she gives off hot mess vibes. And these dudes are so easy to trick. I know. Like, look but at the way that Claire dealt with. The drama between dudes, or the way that Tasha dealt with the drama between dudes. They came yeah. in and they were like, This needs to stop. I don't like it. 
You're acting like children. I don't want to be involved in it. They're like, you talk it out and I'm out of here. And the men always do this. Colton did this so many times where he was like sitting down between Kaylin and Hannah and like yeah. talking to them about their problems. Yeah. Peter did it. Oh, it's just such a, the men constantly get roped into the it's drama between the women. It's a very silly dynamic so, to have like yeah. daddy come in yes. and sit the women down and, and you know, parent them on how to work out their issues. Exactly. And immediately to, to Marilyn, I mean, that's it. That's the end. She's not going any further than this. Like, even if she doesn't get cut this week, she's not going any further because she can't develop a relationship with Matt if that's the pretense. Yeah. Just, she can't. 100%. It's too late. Even if they would have been a good fit. He really hurt her feelings. Yes. And then... Victoria, and then she, and then still somehow she left that conversation with so much grace. I would have been yeah. rampaging. Like, Victoria, you need to step to me and we will physically fight until one of us is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, they can't, they know that they only get so much screen time to come off as who they are. Yeah. So if Marilyn takes that opportunity to tell Victoria off, which Victoria 100% deserved, um, you know, that's going to be, that mars Marilyn's character. 100%. And as a reality TV star for the rest of her life. I don't know what Marilyn is thinking at this point, but very few Asian women make it far on the show. And in fact, none. None have made it very far. Right. Dr. Joe last season on Tasha's season was like, that's the furthest I've ever seen an Asian American person ever make it on the show. Right. Yeah. And so if I was in her position, I would be thinking, I want to be someone who the audience likes. I want to be someone who Matt likes because it's important for me to stay here a little bit longer. I want to, maybe she wants to end up on paradise. Maybe she just wants to be somebody who's gets a good edit on the show so she doesn't look like right. a bad girl, a bad person. Exactly. But she did such a good job of controlling her her feelings when Victoria is just gaslighting her, making up stories, and doing that thing. I don't know. I don't know the word for this. I don't think it's gaslighting. It? But when someone Tell is me. like, "There's you're, you're, you have a cool head and you're saying, I'd like to have a, t a conversation with you or can I sit there or can we talk about this? And they're going like, no, you're insane. You're insane. You're acting crazy. Mm. Is that gaslighting? Because that's it is. what she was doing. It is. Yeah, because the the point of gaslighting is to eventually like destabilize your sense of reality. Mm. So if you feel that you're coming in calm, cool, and collected, and then somebody else is saying, no, you're being outrageous right now. Like The point of that is just kind of mess up what what's really happening. Yes. Well, that is perception. definitely what she was doing because Marilyn was acting so calm. She had a very clear head. She was trying to talk to Victoria in that conversation on the couch. And Victoria was acting insane. Yeah. She was acting like she was being bullied by Marilyn in that conversation when Marilyn was like, I just think we can come to an understanding. And Victoria was like, I just don't want to. I know. <laughs> I hate her so much. I know you do. I and really I love do. it. I'm, I'm here for it 100. percent um, I can't even buy into Victoria. Like I can't even get mad about. I know because you know she's a. You think she's a plant because <laughs> she's not real to me. But I. But I do 100 percent buy into 
you know, there are other women on the show that are very serious and Marilyn's one of them. And she did not um, deserve to be used as a pawn in Victoria's drama tornado. I know, drama tornado. We didn't even touch on the fact that this is her second time showing her entire bra in a dress, <laughs> in the dress that was too tight. I know. Too tight and so ugly. So ugly, like straight off the rack at Forever 21. The ruching up the back and the too tight on the biceps. And the bra was black and it was showing it the was. whole time from the front, and from they, the sides, from the back. It was so yeah. embarrassing. And they made sure that we got a few really good glimpses at it. <laughs> they really did. Even when she was sitting there talking to Matt, the, the straps were showing. And I was so annoyed because there are so many bras out there that you could get that don't show the straps in the back in those dumb dresses she wears. I'm, I hate her. Yeah, she she could have gone a lot of other ways. She would have she would have been better off just not wearing a bra with that. Exactly. I don't think she should wear a bra at all anymore. Actually, you know what? I, I'm fine with the fact that she's always wearing a bra so poorly because it's it's one of her character traits. Oh, yeah, let's leave one. Victoria behind. We'll talk about her in future episodes For more, now. more than we want to. So let's finish by talking about Sarah's one-on-one. -on -one. So we get to Sarah's date, and this was the most awkward. Matt, I don't know if Matt was coached about Sarah's dad. Let me stop you there. Okay. Matt was coached about Sarah's dad. Okay, Yes. Okay, Matt was clearly coached about Sarah's dad. And it became his entire focus was to get her to fess up about her dad's ALS and being a sole caretaker without directly asking her or without letting her know that he already knew that information. It was so transparent. Yeah. Yeah. It was so crappy. Yeah. It was like, I just felt yes. like he lost me there. Yeah. He really it lost me on that one. Mm -hmm. He was disappointed in her for not just, like, airing out her trauma porn for him. Exactly. When she was answering, I think, in totally fair ways to answer someone on a first, second, or even third date. It's not her, it's not his business for her to reveal that her dad is nearly dead, he's actively in the process of dying, and that she has quit her career in order to take care of him, it's not his business to air that out on TV for her. I was so pissed. Yeah, it was extremely gross. Mm -hmm. um, in the name of vulnerability or, you know, these women showing their vulnerability, which he has completely confused with, as you said, trauma porn. Mm -hmm. Like, he has confused vulnerability with, vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean you talk about all of the traumas of your past. No, it does not. It does not. Vulnerability can just be like, hey, I really like you. Yes. I have feelings for you. Like, yes. it doesn't have to be that deep. And to him, vulnerability is talking about um, all the times you were wrong, when you felt most hurt. But that is the trope of the show. Because he's not yeah. the first or the last lead who will do this. Right. Where they where they equate they're told to equate vulnerability with revealing your story, and of course, like we said earlier, 
you do see them reveal their story early on because this is an accelerated dating environment. But she was so clearly uncomfortable talking about it right then. She wasn't ready to give that gift to him. And he forced it on her and it made me so annoyed because like, where is Matt's personality? Half the time, I feel like half the time I see really good things from him. Like, for example, he said to her, how can I demonstrate to you that I'm somebody that you'd want to be with so that this, this journey is worthwhile? I thought that was really good. Like he said to her, how can I show you that I'm, I'm a man worthy of your love and affections so that this doesn't feel like a waste of time? That to me seemed like Matt's personality coming out. And then on the flip side, he's just so the pawn of the producers to where he will do anything they say. So then he's doing this awkward push where he's trying to get her to just fess up. Instead of being like vulnerable would have been saying, hey, I feel awkward bringing this up to you, but I already know this information. Are you okay talking about it? That's vulnerable, Matt. Do that. Tell her you already know. So I know. weird. It, it was um, very uncomfortable to watch. And uh, I think that it's almost, no, it does do the opposite of what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. If he, if his objective is to force these women very early on in their relationship to share very intimate personal experiences from their past, not only is it unnatural, but it's also setting the relationship up um, in, a, in a dishonest way you An know imbalanced it's this way too yeah it's imbalanced and he's not really getting to know these women for who they really are because sarah said who i really am is i'll come out and talk about this stuff right away mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now she's being forced to fit into this role in order to move on in the show and you know i feel like there will be some resentment that will come from that down the road Yeah, I think so, especially if she doesn't end up with him and he, you know, if he leaves her or like, you know, cuts her from the show, she might feel like, wow, I really shouldn't have put myself out there like that where I I was forced to be vulnerable before I was ready to be. Right. She does get the rose. I personally think she's going pretty far. She better get the rose. Yeah, she better get the rose for that. (laughs) I think she's going to go pretty far. I see her in top four. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I actually had that feeling as well. I I, I definitely think um, she's his type. Mm -hmm. Um, And I noticed, you know, just how they were um, holding hands and how they were touching, especially during the the biplane date. Yep. Um, It definitely felt like there was some physical chemistry there, and he seemed pretty happy with her. So I, I think you're right. I think she'll go relatively far. By the way, I would vomit the whole time I was on that biplane. Uh, I have such bad motion sickness. Like half these dates, I'd be puking. I felt like throwing up just watching them. I'm (laughs) like, why are you going on this terror-evoking date? Oh, no. No. Were they even... I don't think they were buckled in. It didn't even look like they were buckled in. I mean, if you crash, you die. Yeah. If you crash, you would die. They mentioned a couple of times. Like, (laughs) well, at least if I go down, I'm sitting next to Matt James on The Bachelor. Right, Exactly. Well, so for to finish off Sarah's storyline, she comes back from the date the next day or the whenever the cocktail party is happening. At the rose ceremony, she's standing at the back of the the row of women, and she starts to like basically faint. 
Yeah. I can relate to this because there's no way I could stay up as late there as, as they're staying up every night, like four in the morning, wearing heels, right. having been drinking and probably not eating for a long time. Right. And standing still for however long that rose ceremony goes on. She, like her knees right. were probably locked out. She's just like, whoa. <laughs> I was just going to say, when you were younger, like in elementary school, um, did you ever get punished? Um, did they ever make you stand in the corner as a punishment? Um, like, no, actually, no, I don't think so. We had like a chair, okay. a chair that you had to sit in. Okay. Well, I went to a really small, old school Lutheran K-12. Yeah. yeah. And standing in the corner was a thing, but they always told you, do not lock your knees. <laughs> and that's all I could think about as Sarah was passing out. I was like, I wonder how long her knees have been locked. Literally, Josh goes, she locked her knees. She locked her knees. She's going down. <laughs> I, was like, I feel like that's something that's very older millennial. It is. That, that's People the first like, thing we point to. What are you talking to. about? Locked her knees. But Listen. I don't think that this was a reason to do a to-be-continued. <laughs> she was going to faint because of the circumstances, not because of her feelings. It wasn't. So what are we doing right. here? You know, does he not finish the rose ceremony because Sarah, like, felt a little woozy? Or That's what? why I feel like there just isn't enough good natural drama this season. Mm -hmm. And they're really trying their best to make it juicier than it is. That's true. You're right. I, I agree with that, 100%. Who is your, uh, you know, at the end of this, who is your top four right now as you see it? Whoa! Come on. Lauren. You think Chelsea. Lauren? Chelsea. You think Chelsea's making it that far? Oh, are we? I thought you were just asking me to pick your my personal, favorites. No. <laughs> Not your personal favorites. That's another question oh. for another time. Okay, um... I think Sarah we gotta know, know these women a little better before we can do personal. Favorites. Sure, sure, sure. No, I misunderstood <laughs> the question. Sarah goes far. Yes. Um. I think MJ. No. I mean, sure, whatever you think. <laughs> I'm allowed to pick my top four, and I'm saying MJ. We just haven't seen them yet together. Mari. Mari, yes, definitely. Okay, so we're on the same page about two of them. And Brie. Okay, I'd love that. Yeah. I think uh, Mari, definitely. I think Rachel. Mm, okay. Um, because Rachel's obsessed with him. But yeah. he, he also thinks she's hot, so I think it'll turn out to be all right. She, I think she will self-implode toward the end, but she'll go pretty far. And Sarah, and then I also think Brie. Okay. I like. I think Bree is great, and they vibed, and I think he'll take her far, and we'll see a hometown. I don't think they'll end up together, but exactly. That's at least one black or brown woman has to make it to the top four. Yeah, I mean, right. She and she's the Ivan of this situation, where I feel like they vibe right away on a shared, on some commonalities, but you don't really see like a a huge spark. Yes. Well, she's just, she hasn't shown, I know she shared those things about, you know, her upbringing, but I haven't seen enough of Brie for there to be a spark. Yeah, yeah. I, we don't know her personality. We just know her trauma. It's just her reflecting what he, what she thinks he wants to mm -hmm. hear and see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I think she'll make it pretty far. We'll see. She plays that game very well.
Anyone in this group standing out so far as the bachelorette for you? It's so early. I'm just asking. I'll ask you every episode. How about that? Hmm. I mean, I suppose you're not asking who I'd like to be the bachelorette. No, I'm not asking who you'd like, because who I'd like is Lauren. I think Lauren would be an awesome bachelorette. At this point, yeah. That, do you think now they've had Tasha and then Matt? Like, will they I, do it again? Uh, will they do another uh, another black woman for bachelorette? Not, no, I don't think no. so. No, they can't have three consecutive black people. What is this a show about black love? <laughs> They're gonna be like, uh, Black Lives Matter, check. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> We've solved the world's problems. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready right. to pick a I'll standout future though. bachelorette. Wait, are you? No, I like Lauren a lot. I think Lauren is great, and I don't think she'll win. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll see. It could be Abigail. That'd be good. That'd be interesting. Sure. Choose a bachelorette with a disability. I'd take that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that might anyway. be the angle that they go with. Yes. Wow, this episode has been great. We've talked so long about it. There's so much to say. We've talked almost the length of the entire show. So good for us. We did a really good job. We did a really and, good job. Um, you know, there was a lot that we could have talked about that <laughs> we didn't quite get to, but we will. I'm we sure will. it'll all come up eventually. What's nice is that we get to be together each week, and so I don't have to start over explaining my opinions to you each time. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And listeners, we hope you think it's a beautiful thing too. So if you like what you've heard or you don't like it or you have something you want to share with us, I love when you all share gossip with me or insider knowledge. Um, and you can do that on our Instagram at You Get a Rose, our Twitter account at You Get a Rose, Facebook You Get a Rose, or at our email hello at YouGetARose.com. Thank you to our producer, Beth Gibbs, um, and to My Talk 1071 for hosting us. I've been your host, Hannah W. And I have been your host, Jay Ike Diggs. And we'll catch you next week for more of You Get A Rose. For more on the show, visit YouGetARose.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at YouGetARose. You Get A Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on MyTalk1071.com.